Welcome to the Locala Podcast. This is episode 21. Can never go wrong being honest. I mean, I I think that in our culture, people are so much more comfortable cheating because they can keep it a secret until they're ready to not or until they unfortunately get caught. And cheating causes so much pain. Dave and I were both cheated on in our original marriages. Yeah. And so for me, I knew that the honesty was was the key. I was like, you know, falling in love with someone else, that can ruin your marriage whether you talk about it or not. Right. But it's definitely going to ruin your marriage if you cheat and don't talk about it. Yeah. And if your partner is really your best friend, they have a right to know what's going on in your mind and in your heart. And it requires those conversations to make your your relationship strong. Welcome to the Locala Podcast, everybody. I'm Lisa Anderson, your host and publisher of Locala Magazine. Today, we have Jackie Corpola on the couch, and I'm so excited to have her back. She was in a previous issue, I believe in 2021. We will go ahead and link that in the description for you so you can read the original story. But this is a follow-up with her. And before we head over to Jackie, let's go ahead and smash that like button and subscribe if you enjoy all the content that we provide you. So welcome, Jackie. Thank you. So when we sat down, oh gosh, I guess a year, maybe almost two ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we sat down and we talked about so many things and your life is so big and I had to choose and I chose to go with your um, your relationships. So I kind of want to start off with what you're doing now and where you're at with just your life in general. And then we'll dive into your relationships and how that's progressed over the couple of years. Okay. That sounds great. Okay. Uh, currently I'm, I have the privilege of being able to be a stay at home mom, but you know, that looks different for each person who's a stay at home mom. For me, that looks like being a taxi driver to my adult children and then homeschooling my youngest. Okay. And I'm very, I feel very privileged to be able to be in that position where I can give my full energy to the people in my household. Yeah. Uh, I spend my free time writing these days. Uh, I had, again, I had the opportunity to be part of a book with 14 other women, 15 women shared their stories called Shameless. Mm-hmm. And uh, after doing that, it really, it opened up something for me. I've written my whole life. And after finally being vulnerable enough to share it with others, I decided to keep that ball rolling. I, ca- I decided to keep going, keep writing and keep sharing what I have with the world. Yeah. So I have released last year, two editions of an interactive journal, helping people with processing grief. Uh, the first one could be pretty much for any kind of situation with grief. I wanted to leave it that way. Um, and then the other addition is for miscarriage, pregnancy loss, infant loss. Uh, that is really that message is really important to me because having experienced a twin pregnancy loss myself about two years ago, uh, I noticed that there are a lot of resources out there, but one size doesn't fit all for those types of resources. And sometimes they would say things that would make me leave me feeling alienated sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I felt like there was really a need for me to create an interactive place to process grief free of any type of religious tones or even spiritual, really. I tried Mm -hmm. to really leave it open to kind of give people a space to process what they believe and what they are feeling uh, as a society, we are not good with grief. We very much need to 
get pull our pants back up and put our shoes on and run out the door to work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and grief is, grief is something that is a lifelong journey. And so being able to process it pro- properly is, I think, a vital thing that we really don't teach in our society or really make space for. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. No, I agree. And, and um, you actually went through that shortly after the article came yeah. out. You started that journey. Um, and I know that you had, like, writing that story in the Shameless book, because for those that don't know, my parent company is the one that published the book. You dealt with one side of what you grew up with. And in that chapter, it was being bullied by both family and at school um, and breaking free of that culture for your own family. And then while you're trying to process all of that, you also went through your pregnancy loss. I love the fact that you wound up doing two journals. Now you did the first one um, because you felt that was the best way to process. And it was something that you had thought about in the past. Is that correct? I had started out with the vision of doing it, the journal for pregnancy loss because okay. of my personal experience. But during that time, my girlfriend lost her mother. Uh, her mother was only 46 years old. She died of breast cancer. It was pretty aggressive. She was only around about a year after diagnosis. Mm. Wow. She was such a positive lady. She never really let us know how bad it was until she was gone. A week wow. before she passed, she posted on Facebook that she was starting to walk again. And we were like, oh, she's, she's, she's bouncing back. Yeah. So she was just a very positive lady. And it was, a, it was a hard hit. And so when I was going to release the edition, I, I decided to make it kind of a general space to process grief because I wanted it to be a tool that my girlfriend could use as well. And so after it was released, I was very proud of it, but I still had this heavy feeling on my heart that the original reason I did this was to deal with miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And so I went ahead and I took the original work and I added about 10 bonus pages specifically about pregnancy and, and that aspect of it. And I I did. I felt like it was more complete at that point. And yeah. so I, I'm happy I, I had released the original one for everyone because I really wanted that tool for everyone. Yeah. But my heart is in, in reaching women who have experienced a, a pregnancy loss. Yeah. Well, and you and you spent a lot of your time. What didn't get put in the article too much was um, kind of your past history. So you um, spent a lot of time um, helping. At, were you a doula or... I was a doula, a birth assistant for okay. a midwife that worked. I, we worked at a birth center called the Ocala Birth Center, mm-hmm. and I was also a birth photographer. Yeah, I was going to say in your the, photography. Yeah, I worked at the birth center for about two years, but I've been doing birth work for about 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so before and after my time at the birth center, I've worked with people, and I had also worked with people who had experienced loss. Uh, there are organizations like Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep that will be contacted to photograph a loss, yeah. but they have certain stipulations. And sometimes we would have a woman who would have a miscarriage that was just too early that the the organization could not help. Yeah. So I had actually had the experience of photographing a baby, or a few times I had experience, but I've had an experience photographing a baby the same age that my twins were when they gave birth. So mm. when I gave birth to them, I remember thinking, I already knew what they're going to look like, little fingers, little toes, little all those little tiny parts, because I had experienced supporting women through that, slept in the overnight at the hospital to be there when they gave birth and take photos, or if they, if they had 
passed in, at home and, and then they would come to the birth center and I would photograph for them. And yeah. it, I'm a very empathetic person. It was not an easy task to do, mm-hmm. but my heart very much lies with them and I would do those things anyway. Yeah. And I, I'm grateful for having the experience before I went through my own experience, but I did, I had a little bit of, had a little bit of trouble when I went through my own experience because I wanted one of me there. Yeah. I was like, where's my Jackie? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. My girlfriend was lovely and I was actually very lucky. My husband was able to stay home with our children and help them process what was happening. Mm-hmm. And my girlfriend came to the hospital with me to give birth and, and really support me through that. And that was really a, an interesting way where we got to see how our unusual relationship dynamic, mm-hmm. every one of us has a role in our, in the, our lives and we support each other better having the three of us. And, mm-hmm. um, I'm really grateful that I had the experience of working with people before I went through it myself. So I knew a little bit of what to expect. Yeah. And I did not know until I went through it myself that there was a need for this type of resource. Yeah, I think, you know, and you you talked about uh, having a hard time photographing other women when it when you were the Jackie in the room. Yeah. Um, and I can I, I was approached by the organization to be one mm-hmm. of the photographers at one point, And I said, I can't do it because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to stay composed and you have to be able to stay composed. And I I was like, I I couldn't do it. So props to you to be able to do it. And I'm, I'm glad that you were able to have that family dynamic. So let's with that, let's go ahead and dive into everything. So you guys were what about two years, one to two years in probably about two years in we're we're going on four. So yeah, about two years. Yeah. 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 So tell me how has your relationship developed over this time? It's really incredible how much everything is developed in that time. I would say the first couple years that uh, Stephanie had joined into our relationship, most of that was just building a really good friendship between Stephanie and Dave. She Mm -hmm. had never dated a man before. She had said that she's open to the idea, but it would take her some time and some trust built to even feel comfortable being open to to knowing a person that way. Yeah. And so my husband, Dave, he's a really incredible guy and he's very much like me of a think out of the box type situation. And he, he knows me, he knows I'm a very, we were monogamous before we met Stephanie Mm -hmm. and he knows I'm a very loyal person and I'm very honest with what I'm thinking. If, even if it's an uncomfortable conversation, we're going to have it because I'm not keeping (laughs) anything to myself. (laughs) So there was, there was a lot of uncomfortable conversations at first to try to navigate even what it's like to have feelings for another person when you're married. And when you, you're, my husband's my best friend. We absolutely, we adored each other. It wasn't like, oh, there's a big problem. Let's bring some someone in to fix it. It's like, we, we were really in a good place when she came along Yeah, and it's taken a lot of growth for each of us individually to work on our own jealousies or, or our own idea of what love is supposed to look like. And over the past two years with all the life that has happened to me, it has, it's one of those things when you go through those big things, it's a make or break. I mean, you're going through the fire. You're going to find out what your relationship is made of when you're going through those hard times. And instead of breaking us, it made us incredibly strong. I mean, stronger than I ever imagined. The three of us are as tight as possible at this point. Um, When we got pregnant, the twins were a surprise. Uh, The Mm -hmm. pregnancy was a surprise. The twins were a double surprise. (laughs) And even that, my husband is an older man. He's he's about five years older than me. So Mm -hmm. he was he had a little bit harder time wrapping his mind around 
all of that. Yeah. And when we talked about it as a family and he realized Stephanie was in 100%, just like, you know, she wasn't going to take off and be like, oh, surprise pregnancy. I didn't ask for this. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. She was into it. He he felt more secure being like, okay, I, I think we could do this, then, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and she really could have because she's younger than you guys. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah she is yeah. the youngest of us three. And so, um, you know, again, like you know, just a big surprise thing like that. Mm -hmm. Like here, we're trying to figure out our relationship and now we have two babies thrown into the mix, but uh, it really, it it strengthened us. And then when we lost the twins, uh, just having to be able to delegate those responsibilities, Dave isn't great with hospitals, but he's wonderful with our children. Mm -hmm. So he held everything down at home, made meals, talked to the kids about what was going on. And Stephanie is always by my side. She's always there. And so she was there and she didn't know what to do. And I didn't really know how to share grief that big. And Mm -hmm. she was incredibly patient with me while I processed that and found a way to be able to share that with her. Yeah. And since then, um, you know, we've actually just, we asked Stephanie to move in with us. So now all three of us live together. We had tried living together at the beginning of our relationship and there were still a lot of things we still needed to figure out. Yeah. So we coming back to it about three years into the relationship, about a year ago, we asked her to live with us and it has been just phenomenal. Yeah. Any of the little things that, that we had insecurities about or anything, pretty much all of that is gone. We enjoy having each other's company day to day. And there's just so many times in regular life where, you know, you wish you had an extra hand or two and, and, in the relationship, it's very much is that way. Just everyone plays to their strengths. And now we have Dave and Stephanie, they work outside the home. They both work trades and I'm able to stay home with our kids and get my teenagers to and from college, to and from work. Um, We kind of live in a place, there's no bus system. So when you have young adults, if they're not driving yet, you almost need someone around to be able to get everything, to get all that going, to help them launch. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, how old is your youngest? My youngest is seven years old. Okay. And how, how are all of the kids processing the trans, you know, like doing this relationship and moving in? Cause I know that's probably on people's minds. I love that question because I mean, you know, people don't always consider the kids in these situations or I could imagine someone commenting, what about the kids? Yeah. Well, when we first met, I think that the teenagers, I've always been very open with my kids about mm-hmm. everything. We talk about everything. And so I I let them know, you know, and my kids are very think out of the box type people too. So yeah. I was grateful that we didn't meet a lot of judgment. Mm-hmm. If anything, they were just maybe more skeptical of Stephanie at first coming in. Mm-hmm. They love me. They love their dad. Um, Dave is actually not their biological father. He adopted them about five, six years back. Okay. And, you know, so they, they were very protective of Dave at first. They weren't sure that everything was changing up. How is it going to go? Yeah. Um, over the past few years, they've seen that she has stuck around and that she pitches in, in the family that she asks them about their day. And I can say now we're almost four years into the relationship. My kids see her as another mother in their in their lives. My seven year old has known her since she was three. Yeah. So she has always known Stephanie, mm-hmm. and she's always known Stephanie as a special person in the family. But as she gets older, you can discuss these things a little more in depth. So she's mm-hmm. always known Stephanie was my girlfriend, but now that she's older, she understands a little bit more of what that means and how she is another safe adult in our household and in her life that she can count on for things. Mm-hmm. 
And so um, they they really all love her. And we yeah. talk about, you know, we can't legally be married, the three of us. But we talk about having some type of ceremony because we want we want everyone to know, like, you know, even if we can't sign a piece of paper for it, this is our life plan. We, yeah. We've I mean, I believe there and there is more than one soulmate for each of us. I believe when we come here, we come here with the intention of meeting up with certain souls or certain people mm -hmm. to fulfill our life plans. Yeah. I think, you know, that's kind of a good um, point talking about how you're attracted to other souls and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Because if I remember correctly from the first article, you had said you were never attracted to other women in that way before. Well, um, I would say I considered myself bisexual, but okay. in theory. But in theory, okay. You know, okay, yeah, other yeah. than, you know, being a teenager <laughs> and, and, you know, maybe I had kissed a friend or a friend had kissed me in high school or something. But I mean, when it came to being married or dating, I wasn't, I had a, I had a lot of internalized misogyny. Yeah. I had this idea, well, what are we, I'd parrot things like, what are we going to do if we both get our period at the same time? We'll rip each other's head off. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah. Because I, that's a thing, you know, that's a like thing it's men and other people say and, yeah. and you parrot it because you you've heard it. Right. <laughs> Which makes no sense because no. there are women who room together who yes. go on their cycle together because yes. we just kind of sync up as women and they they survive <laughs> yes and honestly I think it helps having another woman in the house because I feel way more understood about things and I you know I don't usually play into gender roles gender norms at all mm -hmm. but there does seem to be a little Mars Venus action going on you can tell sometimes in your yeah. relationships yeah and having another female another or a non-binary person because actually I'm, I want to be a, a you know she her pronouns are she her and they them okay. and, and myself as well so okay. I mean she doesn't mind if I refer, refer to her as a female but I also feel like I should clarify that yeah but having another person with that with that feminine energy because we all have a mix of ma a masculine and feminine energy mm -hmm. every single one of us yeah and I find myself most attracted to people who have a really wonderful balance of masculine feminine energy okay. it's one of the things I love best about my husband and it's one of the things that I've I've learned and to love about my partner Stephanie as well it's like there there's an understanding there sometimes she yeah. just gets the way I think and it is different than Dave. And, and as long as he doesn't feel ganged up by it, we're good. You know? <laughs> I think he he can sometimes take what I'm saying and understand it's not personal because if she relates to it, he understands that we just have that similar point of view. Yeah. And so it's been it's been really nice to have that energy around. It, it's helped him not to take things personally when I say it um, because it, he'll hear it from her too. And he realizes it's not just me being sensitive about something yeah. he might realize. And each of us take a turn at that type of growth. Like we're very good at communicating and, and holding each other accountable for our words or, you know, and, and I think a lot of people aren't comfortable doing that. Mm -hmm. And this type of relationship, it's, I mean, people think it's twice as much fun stuff. It is twice, maybe three times as much more really being honest and talking about your feelings. If you don't yeah. like talking about your feelings, don't double up on your partner. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, that's a big dynamic to Huge. have, you know, yeah. especially making sure that 
nobody is getting jealous of the other person that it's harmonious, you know? And jealousy is normal, but it's important to talk about it and address it because when you bring it to the light and we discuss things, we realize like she might be jealous about one thing and then he might be jealous about another or they might actually be kind of feeling the same thing. Like, but there's three of us. It's, yeah. it's, it's uh, sometimes one of us might feel like, oh, are we we like kind of the third wheel here and then I was like no there's three there are three very even wheels but there's going to be times where you have to address those feelings and by bringing them up and talking about them it makes those feelings dissipate because then you have two people reminding you how loved and supported you are and you can't you know you can't take responsibility for other people's emotions Mm -hmm. but you can help give them ease of mind and we've gotten really good now where if we're one of us are having a hard mental health day we could say to the other's feeling kind of insecure today and then that we know hey I'm gonna, I'm gonna text her a few times today tell her how much I love her I'm gonna send her a cute little selfie blowing kisses I'm gonna yeah. you know it's it's important to whether you're in a relationship with one person to whatever it's important to feel comfortable expressing those needs and then having your partner be willing to listen and not take it personally yeah that they're not doing enough yeah. you know do you find that it's easier now that um Steph and Dave are a little bit uh, are in involved with each other as well versus when it was just you and Steph and then you and Dave? Most definitely. Yeah. I I think because we're we're all just people who are so comfortable with what we have and Mm -hmm. and we like a lot of polyamory people will date and they'll date other people. But we're all kind of homebodies and we're a little we're all a little neuro spicy. (laughs) And so we're like we find our people and we're pretty happy at home with them. So the first part of the relationship while we were trying to like to, to feel everything out and get to know each other really well, a lot of times somebody would say, hey, I feel like I only have half of you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a valid feeling. You have to say, yeah. hey, yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm being torn in half. And yeah. there's conversations that come with that. And, and a lot of times we try to, you know, brainstorm our way through how can we help everybody feel as secure as possible. Mm-hmm. And these days, it's probably in the past year since we've all been cohabitating together and we get to spend every day together. Mm -hmm. It no longer feels like you have half a person. Each of us has two people that fully love us and care. And I'm happy that Dave and Stephanie had that time to fully develop their relationship Mm -hmm. before it ever progressed into anything else. So many people hear about our dynamic and they're like, oh, unicorns. Oh, I know what this is. Oh, this is all purely physical. And they really, I think our story shows the exact opposite of that, that they built an incredible friendship and a close relationship before we ever introduced any type of physical aspect to our relationship. And at this point, we do, we all feel like we have two people that care about us fully. That's fantastic. Well, do you mind talking briefly about your son? February for us in the magazine is about the LGBTQIA community. We had a mother in the magazine, and I'd kind of like to hear your perspective. Oh, I'd love to. I love talking about my son. My son, Mason, um, had come to us and talked to us about his interest in transitioning five years ago. And as open-minded, out-of-the-box thinking as I am, there I still think back and cringe at some of the questions I might have asked or things I might have said. And over the past five years, we've grown a lot together. Mm -hmm. And like, I was always supportive, but I would also, I was like, 
I was taken by surprise because I felt like nobody knew my kid better than me. And my right. kid just revealed something I did not see coming. <laughs> <laughs> no. So they're like, well, sleep on it. Maybe you, maybe you feel that way. Maybe you don't. Just think about it. Maybe you're stressed. Maybe you're overthinking. And I look back and I cringe because, yeah. you know, but. Um, How old was he when he came to you? Well, it was five years ago. He's about to turn 20. Wow. Yes. <laughs> no, where has the time gone? <laughs> right? I can't even believe it. Yeah. Um but so he was, I mean, he was in the middle of his teens. So yeah, teens, fairly, you, know, you know, and things can be confusing. And like yeah. I said, I'm non-binary. So I was like, Hey, I get if you don't totally relate to, mm -hmm. to being female. And I just, you know, I just told him to keep his mind open and, and yeah. just to, you know, but I tried to be, you know, I would try to be supportive aside from my own parental feelings of, Oh my gosh, I thought I knew my kid. How did I not know this? Yeah. And really you, you really got to just take yourself out of the equation there. I mean, you can, you can, you can deal with those emotions, but really it's not about me. It's mm -hmm. about him. And the only thing, the best thing you can do for your kid. And I've had people write me so many times over the years and go, my kid just came out to me. What do I say? What do I do? My answer is always, you cannot go wrong supporting and loving your child. Yeah. And they say, well, what if he changes his mind? I said, then he feels safe enough to do so. And that that requires a lot of safety for someone to feel comfortable enough to change their mind. Right. But no matter whether or not they change their mind, it is my job to be their safe place. Right. And so he was able to socially transition for a few years. And then he was able to start his uh his testosterone about a year ago. Okay. And we used to watch videos of people doing the testosterone and how they would change over time. And we've we've been recording those videos and we were just saying, hey. Maybe we'll make that video soon because those videos, we lived off of those for years, watching yeah. these people have that gender euphoria and knowing that that could be for him sometime. And yeah. so um, March 1st, we have our court date and his name change will be official. Oh, that's fantastic. It, it's huge. And we feel like the name change has been the one big hurdle that has taken us a minute and it feels like it was keeping him from doing other things because mm -hmm. he didn't. He wanted that name change before he went and get his license, before he went to do these other things. Yeah. He wanted to go with his chosen name. So this is really huge for him to be able to finally change his name for real and his gender marker because it will help him move forward. And I asked him a couple months ago if he would assist me in creating resources for parents for when their kids come out telling them they wanted to transition. Oh, that's fantastic. And I, I know some of the things to already tell them not to ask and do because I've lived Cause it. Because you've done it. <laughs> <laughs> and my heart, my heart really is in creating resources based off my personal experiences to help the world understand things better and connect better. And yeah. so grief is one of them. And then this other project is to help parents connect with their transitioning children and maybe not alienate them by by not knowing what to say or do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Jackie, we're almost towards the end here. I want to know, I mean, you've given a lot of advice for people in going through different types of these situations, but first, what would you say to somebody that um, may be experiencing feelings for the first time for somebody else while still in love with their current partner? You can never go wrong being honest. I mean, I, I think that in our culture, people are so much more comfortable cheating because they can keep it a secret until they're ready to not or until mm -hmm. they unfortunately get caught. And cheating causes so much pain. Dave and I were both cheated on in our, 
original marriages. Yeah. And so for me, I knew that the honesty was was the key. I was like, you know, falling in love with someone else, they can ruin your marriage whether you talk about it or not. Right. But it's definitely going to ruin your marriage if you cheat and don't talk about it. Yeah. And if your partner is really your best friend, they have a right to know what's going on in your mind and in your heart. And yeah. it requires those conversations to make your your relationship strong. Yeah. And then what would you say, what would be the the biggest piece of advice beyond what you said already mm -hmm. about a parent who is dealing with a transgender child? Look up some resources, do, do some research, try to reach out to other parents that are supporting their kids. The best thing you can do is love your kid and listen. Mm -hmm. Don't ask invasive questions. Don't equate gender with sexuality. Don't treat it as an excuse to start asking invasive questions mm -hmm. about any of those things. Listen to your kid. Love them. If you ask questions, be respectful. And if they're not willing to share, you might need to do the work to make your child feel safe enough to share those things with you. And that, again, that's work that has to be done on your side. Yeah. Well, Jackie, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that I did not ask you? No, I really appreciate you having me in today. I appreciated being able to talk about my various projects I have going on and my unconventional family that I just adore with every aspect of my being. I uh, just want to thank you for having me in today. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being so open and sharing with us and sharing with the audience. We will have everything linked for you in the description on Jackie's current books and projects. Of course, we'll have that original article for you to read. And if you want to uh, read other articles, you can go to www.localamag.com. As we said, our February issue is currently up and that is focusing on the LGBTQIA plus community. And so please feel free to check out those articles as well. Some great resources. And we thank you for joining us here on the Locala podcast. I'm Lisa Anderson, your host, and we focus on connections through stories. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Locala podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead, like, share, and download. Your support is truly appreciated.